When you think about business competition, where are you focused? Your town, your state, across the country? You need to be concerned with competitors around the world. Welcome to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. Today, you'll hear about the mega trends in global business and how they affect your organization, as well as explore issues, solutions, and some amazing facts about business worldwide. Now, here is your host, Mahesh Joshi. Welcome to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. In today's episode, I have Michelle Tucker with me. We are going to talk about how do you create value in your business and exit rich, get the riches of what you have created. Across the globe, all global business, every business is existing to create an enterprise value. It's very important to create value for your organization and all the resources, the human resources, all the assets are focused in that direction. Can you plan to create a value in such a way that if ever you want to exit, you can exit with the right value for that? To understand that, how to plan for it, how to execute the planned strategy I have with me, Michelle Tucker today. Michelle is a mergers and acquisition master intermediary, certified senior business analyst, certified mergers and acquisition professional, certified business broker, a panelist for m Source, and a keynote speaker. Michelle is also the best-selling author She has written several books, Think and Grow Rich Today, Sell Your Business for More Than It's Worth, and her latest book is Exit Rich. She has featured in INC, Forbes, USA Magazine. Michelle makes regular radio and TV appearances on Fox Business News and CNBC. She has been extensively involved with businesses, actually more than 500, and our company has involved in more than 1,000 for more than two decades, where her company and she, they help the business owners build a scalable and sellable businesses. She helps owners create a business that works for them rather than the other way around and she has helped thousands to exit rich. Michelle specializes in a unique way, identifying a company's SD six-piece checklist and has assisted in driving the business to run on all six cylinders, all six P's. That's the concept. She has increased the profits and helped formulate their SD GPS exit model, their built-to-sell model, so when an owner or the owners are ready, they too can sell for the right value for the business. She has taken an extensive knowledge, experience, expertise, and proven formulas with buying, selling, fixing, and growing businesses and packaged it into a step-by-step process. Very important, a step-by-step process within Exit Rich. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Mahesh. <laughs> hey, Michelle. Uh, it's so nice to have you with me today in the program. 
I am very intrigued by your book, Exit Rich. And I went through it and found it very interesting that how it can help a lot of people who normally struggle to do exactly what you're suggesting in your book. You know, people put in a lot of effort in building a business and, and they probably do a lot of things right, but the only thing at times they miss out and as very clearly and explained in detail in your book, they do not plan an exit strategy and they do not do all the right things to get the right valuation for their company, whereas they have spent a lifetime in creating the value for their company and building the value all along as they're building the business. So for our audience today and the listeners, can you please start with the a little bit more about your book which you want to share with the whole uh, listener group of, of my program? Sure. Thank you. So Exit Rich, um, Exit Rich really just launched uh, June 22nd. It's a Wall Street Journal's bestseller, USA Today, and an Inc. original endorsed by Steve Forbes, who says Exit Rich is a goldmine for entrepreneurs as entrepreneurs leave way too much money on the on the sell of their business when they go to to close. And Sharon Lecter is my co-author who wrote Rich Dad Poor Dad with Robert Kiyosaki. She's a CPA, financial literacy expert, and the advisor to many different presidents. She writes the Mentors Corner after each one of our chapters. Plus Kevin Harrington, the original Shark on Shark Tank, wrote the foreword. So Exit Rich is not just about selling your business. Exit Rich is all about building a sustainable, scalable and when you're ready, you'll actually have a sellable asset because Steve Forbes says 80% of businesses on the market will never sell. 80% will never sell. So that should be a huge wake-up call for most business owners because you have less than a 20% chance of success when you go to sell your legacy. So Exit Rich is all about how to plan, how to start with the end in mind, like Stephen Covey says, how to plan your exit from the beginning it's all about how to build a solid infrastructure, what we call the six P's, and how to build a business that buyers actually want to buy and are willing to pay you top dollar for. Very well said. Now, what you said is is it's very true. Um, I have personally also experienced that how hard people work to build a business, and mostly they are focused on building the business. But they never look at it, uh, as you, again, very correctly said, it's not just selling the business. Uh, maybe exit, which means partial, partial exit, full exit, how to realize the full value of all the hard work you have done and put in building a business. And that's probably, I personally feel, is very pertinent uh, in the current times, especially when we are living in the age of uh, the business models which are getting disrupted, at least for the last 20 years, because there was a time uh, till almost uh, last two or three decades, there were large corporations which are supposed to be succeeding because they were large. And over the years, they have set the processes, system, and their products and everything. And uh, come uh, 90s, 1990s and 2000, the success came through the startups, 
Now, when you're going through the startups, you're coming with a new concept, and then you're creating value. How to realize that value? And, and how do you exit realizing that value? So thank you for coming out with such a nice concept of exit rich, which can be very useful to the people uh, who are a majority of the successful business, as is evident in the data, are now startup businesses. So this could be a very good strategy for them. Or I would rather say this should be uh, a plan and a process they should think from the very beginning. So, Michelle, I see in your book this concept of 6P. The, f- the first one of them is people. Can we talk a little bit about the first first P, people? Sure, absolutely. I'd be happy to. So, remember when I said 80% of businesses don't sell, according to Steve Forbes? One of the number one reasons that businesses don't sell is, is, number one, business owners don't think about their exit. They don't plan their exit strategy. They don't think about selling until a catastrophic event has occurred, whether that's internal or external. Internal could be health issues, partners disputes, divorce, unfortunately death. External is this pandemic that we're in right now. And the worst time to try to sell your business is during a catastrophe. You want to sell your business when it's in its prime, when it's doing well, when it's functioning in all six cylinders, what we call all six P's. Also, the number one reason that businesses don't sell, the number two reason, I guess I should say, is because business owners haven't built an actual business. They've built a glorified job in which they go to work at every day versus a business that works for them. They haven't built a business that buyers actually want to purchase. So we really work with our clients to build a solid foundation, a solid infrastructure, and that first P is people. One of the number one reasons that businesses are not sellable is because the business is a 1,000% dependent upon that business owner. You take the business owner out of the business, there is no business. I'll give you a perfect example. We have a dentist that wanted to sell his practice, been in business 50 years, three dental hygienists. The three dental hygienists just happened to be his daughter's. And he said, Michelle, can I, can you sell my business? I said, well, yes, I can sell it, but I can't maximize value because your family is the business. Right. The, the, so we're not going to be able to maximize value and the buyer is going to want to mitigate their risk. So in a purchase agreement, they're going to have clawback language, earnouts, et cetera, contingency upon you, contingent, contingent upon you and your daughters staying in the business. And he said, well, We're not staying. And I said, well, if you're not staying, you're not selling. (laughs) So people is number one because you don't build a business. You build people and people build a business. So entrepreneurs have to stop working in their business. They need to start working on. They need to start working on their business. Focus on your strengths. Hire your weaknesses. Put the right people on the right seats and ask the who question. Who opens the door? Who handles customer service, marketing, legal, accounting? manufacturing, logistics, quality control, environmental, etc. The list goes on and on. The clue here, Mahesh, is mm-hmm. that you should never be next to the who because you want the business to run without you. And again, the biggest reason businesses are not sellable is because the business is a 1,000% dependent upon that owner and there is no business once we take the owner out of the equation. So you have to build your people you have to make sure you have the right people in the right seats, answer the who question, and make sure you have that management team in place as well. Yeah, I think that's a very important point to bring in. 
Because, uh, and exactly the example you gave, that if owner is so in, involved in the business, and that is the strength of the business, and he wants to sell the business and get away from it, what is remaining in the business? Who has the knowledge about business? And you gave a very good example of, of the dentist family. If all three are going, what's remaining? It's just a brand name because of which people will come, but then the service which they expect is not there, then you have to get somebody else to do it. So very pertinent point. So so first takeaway uh, on the people part, uh, the concept of 6P is, and, and, and you very very nicely uh, communicated it, work on the business, not in the business. You, even if you in the beginning you are in the business, prepare mm-hmm. to work on the business so that that becomes one of your exit strategies that you have people who you have prepared over a period of time who can run it and then you can get away from it. Well, one of the examples which comes to my mind, even if you look at some of the large companies, including Amazon, mm-hmm. Bezos worked on it all his life, he's locked off and created such a big empire and eventually said, no, I want somebody else to run it. <laughs> you know, Maybe for right. some other reasons, but if you look at it, I'm trying to link with your very powerful statement and work on it. Prepare the people who go with the business and buyer gets certain value, which he can appreciate and he, he, he can, he or she is willing to pay for it. Right. And you know, Jeff Bezos is a great example. Jeff Bezos is an, he's a visionary, right? Yeah. Jeff Bezos is a visionary. And Jeff Bezos has some really good integrators on his team. He has an extraordinary management team, extraordinary integrators, but he's a visionary. And Jeff Bezos is creating bigger, bigger things. And so he's focused on the vision of the company. He's not focused on the day to day. You will never grow a company like Amazon. You'll never grow a company half the size of Amazon if we don't learn to work on our business. Really, most entrepreneurs are visionaries. We're not day to day operators. We're not integrators. We need to stick to what our strengths are. And like I said, hire our weaknesses. Be that visionary and get yourself some good integrators in your company. Perfect. That's very well said. Thank you, Michelle. We'll take a short break and we'll continue our discussion after the break. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. For the past two years, Global Business with Mahesh Joshi has been a top-rated program on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, with its popularity growing, he has converted many of the concepts discussed on the show into an easy-to-read book from Oxford University Press, one of the top publishers in the world. Place your order for the book, Global Business, at mkjgb.com. Act now, and as a special offer, you'll receive a signed copy of the book by the author, Mahesh Joshi. Order today at mkjgb.com. 
We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. This is Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. To reach the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's worldwide access to 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to maheshjoshi.82 at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. You're listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. And we have with us Michelle, and she's talking about our latest book, one of the best sellers, Exit Rich. Michelle, thank you so much in segment one, giving an insight about your book and uh, introducing us to the concept of six Ps. Very, very interesting subject. Uh, we discussed about the people. Absolutely, as you mentioned, people are very important to be the part of the business as a main value creators when, you, when you're exiting it and need to develop uh can we move now to talk about the second P, which is products? Of course. So product is the second P. And let me just give you a little background about product before we jump in. When I wrote my very first book in 2013 called Sell Your Business for More Than It's Worth, uh-huh. I did the research and learned that Startups were at great risk. 90% of startups within the first one to five years would fail. We all know that, right? That's common knowledge. But what most people don't know is when I did the exact same research for Exit Rich, I learned, I was actually flabbergasted to learn that the business landscape has flip-flopped. It's not startups at great risk anymore. Only 30% of startups are going out of business. But listen to this. Out of 27.6 million companies... Those businesses that have been in business 10 years or longer, 70% of these business owners are going out of business, 70%. So now it's existing businesses that are at great risk. We hear about the big public companies all the time in the media, like Toys R Us in business 75 years goes out of business. Kmart, Steinmart, Pier 1, Disney stores are closing. Godiva is closing down 1,500 locations. But the media doesn't talk about the private companies on every street corner in every town in every state across our great nation. These businesses are exiting poor. They're selling for pennies on the dollar, closing their business, or even worse, filing bankruptcy. Why is that? The number one reason why existing businesses are going out of business is because of lack of AIM, A-I-M, AIM, mm-hmm. always innovate and market. Business mm-hmm. owners stop innovating. Toys R Us was in business 75 years, didn't do anything different. They never innovated. Blockbuster, they certainly did not innovate. They had the opportunity to purchase Netflix twice, sat back and did nothing or and are out of business. So product is your product, your service, your industry. You have to ask yourself, are you on the way up or on the way out? Do you have an Amazon and you're in your prime? Because if you have an Amazon and you're in your prime, that's when you sell. You sell when your business is doing well and when you're at the top. If you have a blockbuster and you're about to go out of business, that doesn't mean that you just 
curl up into a fetal position and go home, that means you really got to step into transformational, get out of transactional, start asking yourself some transformational questions. Number one, ask yourself, what business are you in? You know, Amazon did this back in the 90s. They asked themselves, what business are we in? And Amazon said, we're in a book fulfillment business. We fulfill book orders. Right. Number two Number two is, what is your superpower? What is your secret sauce? What do you do different than everybody else? Amazon said we do fulfillment better than everyone in the world. Number three question, the most important question every business owner should ask themselves, is what business should we be in? And Amazon said we should be in the fulfillment business, fulfilling orders for products all around the world. Those three transformational questions... Transform Amazon from a small book fulfillment center to the multi-billion dollar worldwide conglomerate they are today. Then they asked themselves, we should get more into groceries. So they acquired Whole Foods. Now we should get into movies. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to ask these questions and you got to learn how to pivot. And you got to ask yourself, is your product, your service, your industry on the way up or on the way out? And then the other thing that I see that business owners really get in trouble is that they have one profit center. So many businesses, especially restaurants, closed down during the pandemic. And the right. number one reason for that is because they have one way that they get paid. They get paid when patrons come in and eat or take food to go. They don't have an e-commerce business. They don't have any other profit centers to generate income. So when you're in business, you got to have multiple sources of revenue. Because if one, one source is down, then you should have other ones that will continue to add profit to your company. Make sense? That makes a lot of sense because that's where the product, it, it comes into play that you are having the right product or the right products. And the product in this case could be a service. And yep. uh, thank you for sharing um, the Amazon example because uh, – you bring in a very powerful point there that when they decided what business we are in, uh, is that they decided we are a fulfillment business and we chose the books. Then he said fulfillment of products that it could be anything, you know, that it became grocery, it became furniture. So that was going with uh, the concept they had built. And, right. uh, and that was probably, their product was fulfillment. I, I'm not going with the physical product, <laughs> or you can call it a service, but you can attach anything and everything to it, which can You be can attach easy. everything to that. That's right. And you know, Amazon actually has changed the way that consumers purchase products forever. We don't purchase products. We don't purchase groceries the same way we used to because of Amazon. And, Very you know, true. we have to go back to the basics, Mahesh. We got to go back and ask our clients, what do you need? What do you want? How can I make it easier for you to do business with us? Right. Yeah, because whoever makes it easiest for the for the consumer to purchase products and services is the company that's winning. Amazon winning because they make it so easy to practically buy anything. You can practically buy a horse on Amazon and have it delivered in two days. Right. Very <laughs> true. Well, that's what you initially what you mentioned about uh, Bezos himself as a visionary. So you see the purpose of the company, the way it's structured, that itself has led the whole business to do multiple things. Although it started with work and people can claim that, hey, listen, we came with a book and they expanded into everything. But you look at the vision there. Yep. 
it was it it was delivering it. It is it is fulfillment. So in fulfillment, then there's no dearth of products. <laughs> it can be, and you, you can just keep playing with the products. Then, That's absolutely, very, yeah. Well, uh, that that's very good. Uh, uh, analogy you gave, you gave a very good example, Michelle. Uh, can we discuss a little bit about the third P, which is process? Sure. So processes will make or break your company. If you mm. want, if you want your business to be sustainable and you want to be able to scale and then sell one day, you have to have processes. And most business owners don't think about process. It's kind of like they don't think about exit strategy until something bad happens in their company. And they're like, oh, we need a process for this. You need to design your processes with the customer experience in mind. This is where most owners get this wrong. Most business owners design their processes around the owner's agenda. I'll give you an example. Doctor's offices. When are they open? Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. Mm -hmm. When do we all work? Monday through Friday, nine to five. Right. <laughs> so are they designed? So are doctors designing their processes around the patients, uh, the patient experience, or are they designing it around their own agenda? Around their own agenda. So we have to go back to the basics and ask our clients, "What do you need? What do you need? What do you want? How can I make it easier for you to do business?" And ask yourself. What are the three things, the three things that we want our customers to experience when they come to our business, when they do business with us? I don't know. Did you ever watch the movie The Founder based upon the McDonald's Brothers? Mm-hmm. It started McDonald's franchise, yes? Right. So the McDonald's Brothers back in 1950s said, we want to start a fast food restaurant because there isn't one. And we want to design our fast food process around the customer's experience. We want the customers to experience great tasting food that's hot, fast, 30 seconds or less. They designed their processes around the customer's experience back in 1950. And even though the processes have been tweaked and updated along the way, it right. is the reason you can eat at a McDonald's anywhere in the world and get the same experience. McDonald's never said it's going to be great service, mm-hmm. customer service. They never said the food is going to be good for you. <laughs> they said it's going to taste yeah. great, hot, and delivered under 30 seconds. So we have to go back and identify what are the three things we want our customers to experience when they come to do business with us and design our processes around the customer experience and then make sure those processes are productive and efficient and well-papered. You need your policy and procedure manuals. You need your SOP checklist per department. You know, it's also the reason that McDonald's can fire someone in any department in McDonald's. They can fire somebody at the drive-up and have somebody working that drive-up in 30 minutes because they read the SOP checklist and a policy procedure manual. So processes are big, but the reason why so many businesses lose market share is because they're not creating wow experiences for their clients. Whoever creates wow experiences and gives the client what they need, what they want, and makes it easy, is the company that's going to continue to grow market share. I think this is a very powerful point in the process because if few things, uh, if you want to exit a, a business, the valuation would be much better if 
somebody looking at it sees there is a process. And especially as you related, the very first people, especially people, if it is people dependent, if there's no process, then there's, the value is all gone with the people if they go. And best example which you just gave is McDonald's. They can put anybody anytime. You know, and the processes are so well established. So that is not only allowing them to expand the business uh, multifold so quickly because processes are standardized. And uh, also, uh, anybody coming in will take no time to understand it. You know, uh, you gave a very good example that made me think about a doctor's office. You know, if it has been, it, it is one of the best ones which I've heard in Hawaii that they have done it for their convenience. Let's look at it. If, if, if I'm, I'm just taking the extreme end of it, suppose they were open from morning six to nine and five to nine in the evening. Maybe just it's eight hours, same with they're open, but in the morning, evening, won't it'll be won't it be more convenient for the working population <laughs> that process? It, it absolutely would. You know, my husband yeah. and I, my husband owns uh, medical clinics. We own medical clinics together, multidisciplinary uh, clinics, uh, and chiropractic MD clinics. Uh, and we um, we designed our hours. Now we do open up at nine, but we uh, have extended hours till seven o'clock at night, uh, and we have a half day on Saturday. Oh wow! See, that's so Saturday. We Processes around the customers, around our patients' experience. Yeah, I yeah. think I, I'm very sure you would have got a very good response from your customers and the longevity of a relationship yes. with the with the patient. They, they will see you're you, you're accommodating to their needs. Right, yeah. and that's what we have to do as business owners because, again, it's it's a competitive landscape. Yeah, if we're not going to create these wow experiences. And, you know, really make the client feel that we care about their interest, then they're going to go somewhere else. Perfect. Now, uh, Michelle, I'm sorry if you're running out of time in the segment two. We'll take a short break and we will continue our discussions after the break. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. For the past two years, Global Business with Mahesh Joshi has been a top-rated program on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, with its popularity growing, he has converted many of the concepts discussed on the show into an easy-to-read book from Oxford University Press, one of the top publishers in the world. Place your order for the book, Global Business, at mkjgb.com. Act now, and as a special offer, you'll receive a signed copy of the book by the author, Mahesh Joshi. Order today at mkjgb.com. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. This 
This is Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. To reach the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's worldwide access to 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to maheshjoshi.82 at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. You are listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi, and I have with me today author of the best-selling book, Exit Rich. We had a very enlightening and very informative discussions in the past two segments. And in this third segment, we'll continue on uh, the six P's. We talked about people, products, and process. Now we move on to the next one, proprietary. Uh, Michelle, let's discuss the fourth concept. Yes, uh, I'd be happy to, Mahesh. So the fourth P is proprietary. And proprietary is the highest value driver. It will give you, it can create the highest multiple on the sale of your business. Let me give you a quick example on valuations. So let's say that you have a business that's less than a million dollars in EBITDA. EBITDA is earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, amortization. So any industry other than SaaS, because SaaS is typically a multiple of revenues, right. but most other industries are a multiple of EBITDA. So if you have under a million dollars in EBITDA, your business is typically going to sell for anywhere from one times to three, three and a half times multiple, depending upon these proprietary assets. If your business has over a million dollars in EBITDA, then it typically starts trading at four, five, and up, again, depending upon the proprietary assets. So obviously the key is to get the EBITDA over a million dollars and build these proprietary synergies. So there's six pillars to proprietary. I'm going to go through each one of them. Uh, First and foremost is branding. The more well-branded your company is, the more I can sell it for, as long as your brand is relevant in the mind of the consumer. Meaning that nobody's going to pay any money for Blockbuster, right? Right. Because that's not relevant in the mind of the consumer. The biggest brand in the world is, do you know? I'll go with your selection. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to take a guess? I will exactly go with what you say. (laughs) Okay. Apple. 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 Apple is number one. Apple is worth $359 billion. And you remember it used to be Coca-Cola for the longest period of time. Coca-Cola is within the the top ten. So is Amazon. So is McDonald's. But Apple is number one. It's worth $359 billion with a B. And that's just for the brand. That's not counting the cash flow, assets, inventory, real estate, receivables, or anything else, just a brand. So build your brand. Trademarks are very valuable. Trademark your company name, your podcast, your slogans, anything that's unique to your business and to you, anything that's proprietary to your business. The biggest mistake the business owners make with trademarks is they they come up with an idea and like, oh, I love this name. Let me go to GoDaddy. <laughs> they go to GoDaddy. They type in the .com. And they're like, yes, we got the .com. Mm-hmm. Then they go to their state and get a state trademark. But the biggest mistake that they make is that they don't check the federal database to make sure that that name is still available. Mm-hmm. So I've seen business owners in business 5, 10, 15 years and all of a sudden receive a and assist letter. And they have to stop using that company name and start the branding process all over again. So make sure... 
you get a federal, not state, not just state. You need state, but you need federal, too. And if you're going to do business internationally, then you want to make sure you have that global trademark as well. And also, don't forget to federally trademark your products. We have a company we're selling for $60 million. They have 12 products. Each one has a federal trademark. Each one is exclusive to a retail chain store. One's in Walmart, one's in Target, and etc. So it's very valuable. Patents are also valuable. If you've ever watched Shark Tank, the questions that every shark always asks every single inventor is, do you have a patent on that? Do you have a utility patent? Do you have a patent pending? We once sold a company for $18 million dollars. Wasn't making any money, but they had 18 patents. Contracts are also very valuable. Manufacturing, distribution, vendor contracts, franchisor with franchisees, any type of exclusive contracts, especially client contracts, especially if they have a subscription model with a reoccurring revenue. Strategists will pay a lot of money for contracts, but here's the biggest mistake the business owners make with contracts. 98% of all sales are asset sales. Oh. I've never met a business owner that has a transferability clause in their contract that says this contract is transferable upon the new entity. If you don't have that language in your contract and your buyer won't agree to a stock sale or your clients won't agree to sign consent to transfer, then your whole deal can fall apart. We're selling a company that has 2,000 clients on a subscription model. The, buyer, the seller's not going to go to 2,000 clients to get them to sign a consent to transfer. So you really want to be proactive here and make sure you get that language in your contract. Databases are huge, too. You can be losing money and sell your database for millions or billions. Facebook bought WhatsApp for $19 billion, and WhatsApp was hemorrhaging. Hemorrhaging. But WhatsApp had a synergy. They had a billion users, and WhatsApp and Facebook knew they could monetize. They could ROI. They could get their return on investment from those billion users. So that's what we're talking about right now are synergies. Celebrity endorsements are another huge, huge asset. We have a client that's got products in front of Oprah. Strategics mm-hmm. will pay a lot of money for that because they want to get their products in front of the queen of everything. Mm-hmm. Same thing with radio personalities. You know, we want sold a skincare company that that really owned the real estate for celebrity endorsements on the radio for their skincare line. Mm-hmm. And a celebrity or a radio personality can only endorse one vertical at a time. Otherwise, they lose credibility. Okay? Mm-hmm. So those are very valuable. We call this digital real estate. E-commerce businesses that are selling, you know, let's say that you manufacture pillows and you're number one. Um, in your category on Amazon, number one in your category on Wayfair, Etsy. This is digital real estate. Right. Also, con- content. Content mm-hmm. is huge. Um, couple caveats. For your IP, your, your trademarks, your patents, make sure you hold it in a separate corporation because mm-hmm. if you ever get sued, you don't want to lose your intellectual property. Mm-hmm. For your content, if you're hiring... 1099s or or you go to Elance or Odesk or one of those services to get work done for you or you work with interns, make sure you sign a contract with them that says you own the content. If not, you could find yourself in a lawsuit fighting who owns that content. That's a very so good these point. Are, these are proprietary synergies, and I could go on and on and on, Mahesh, mm-hmm. but if you build these proprietary assets – then you can sell your business for a much higher multiple. Mm-hmm. 
Well, what I see here, uh, Michelle, when you're talking and I was thinking through these points, that these are uh, important to build the value of a company, but at the same time, these are essential for survival. As you said, in some of the cases, if, if God forbid you go to the bad side of it and there's a case or so, somebody sues you, you may lose it. Right. Absolutely. (laughs) So this is not just for building a business for sale. And that's why Exit Rich is all about building a sustainable business Mm -hmm. so you won't go out of business. But, you know, it's not what you know that gets you in trouble. It's what you don't know. So these are key elements that business owners really need to to make sure that they're proactive and, and cross their T's and dot their I's and make sure you get all of these in place. Yes. And these are, uh, all of them, I feel, are very, very important points, especially the brands and the patents and all that, because ultimately that is the the, the main strength of your business uh, before the products come into play. You know, the the, the IP is the intellectual thing which you're containing. And now I, I totally agree with you. Glad you brought that point, that example of the valuation of WhatsApp. If you look at it, I'm saying everybody was talking to each other for free. (laughs) <laughs> and, <Yeah. laughs> and and those billion people created data bank for somebody or database which somebody sold for f- few million dollars. <laughs> so <laughs> so you may be wondering why is allowing free and 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 I know uh, then WhatsApp came in. People are looking at it. Hey, I can call for free if I'm connected to Wi-Fi or if I'm connected on my phone line. So this seemed like a free call for them and make as much as you want. And everybody was thinking how they can allow it to happen. Now you have the answer how they used it very intelligently to create a database which created <laughs> the value and it allowed them to exit super rich. Super rich. And yeah. that, and that's a, and that's a lesson that we should all pay attention to because you know, I have a lot of clients that say, "Oh, Michelle, I got a million followers." And I'm like, you don't got anything because <laughs> you don't own those followers. Yes, you might have a million people following you on Instagram or on Twitter, but that doesn't mean you own them. You you don't really have anything yet. Yeah, maybe they're following you, but you don't have their email addresses. You don't have their contact info. You know, you don't know. You don't have them. So we all need to create a funnel on our different social media sites that where we can get really get these followers inside our funnel so that we can grow our own database. Right. Got it. Got it. Right. So basically, uh, moral of the story, when we have too many followers, we feel happy. So we, we get into social recognition, but somebody else is getting the data. <laughs> and Well, and you the, should be, co- no, 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 y'all should be collecting the data. Correct. That's what we should yeah, be doing. Yeah, the company should, Voice America should be collecting all this data. <laughs> correct, correct, correct. That's why I fully agree with you. De- definitely, that's the best, uh, the, the best example of those data a collection is on the social media platforms. See how efficiently right. and smartly they have created such business models and which earlier uh, nobody thought that you can have a business without any profit. And, and Absolutely. Those, those, yeah, those <laughs> those seem to be businesses making no profit that how this is staying. Well, I would doing? tell you, those are those are yeah. unicorns. So I don't want your listeners to get yeah. their hopes up that they can just 
build a database and, and sell it for a billion. Let's be realistic here. Very uh, true. These are, these, these are unicorns. So right. let's go back to, to the building blocks. <laughs> and I build know. business on the infrastructure, the six fees we're talking about. Very true. But in the proprietary, all the six that you gave, they're covering various businesses. You know, if you Absolutely. have a patent, you have a pro- single industry. Yeah, you have a patent, you have a product, it could be a mechanical product, it could be electrical, it could be touch and feel, or it could be a service and, and the way you deliver it and how you create the brand by use of this and data, which you said the unicorns use it. That is a very different business model. Our data can be a large value creator for that and how to protect all of these. So uh, I, I definitely agree with you that proprietary uh, thing is very, very important and one must take care of it when they're building the business that you can create a lot of value uh, depending on, as you rightly said, Michelle, on what kind of business you are. Mm-hmm. You know, that that can be the turning point and that is what can allow you to pick up, you know, which which one is most important for you, you know, and how you can leverage and how if uh, it can be used to value the business. So, Michelle, thank you so much. Uh, we are now at the end of our third segment. We'll take a short break and we'll continue our discussion after the break. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. For the past two years, Global Business with Mahesh Joshi has been a top-rated program on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, with its popularity growing, he has converted many of the concepts discussed on the show into an easy-to-read book from Oxford University Press, one of the top publishers in the world. Place your order for the book, Global Business, at mkjgb.com. Act now, and as a special offer, you'll receive a signed copy of the book by the author, Mahesh Joshi. Order today at mkjgb.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for voice America. This is Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. To reach the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's worldwide access to 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to maheshjoshi.82 at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. You're listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. And I have with me author of the best-selling book, Exit Rich, Michelle. We had um, some very nice and intriguing and uh, I would say very knowledgeable discussions uh, in in the three segments about uh, the book and about the concept of six Ps. We have covered four Ps and uh, we'll be discussing with Michelle now the fifth and sixth P, Patron and Profit. Thanks, Mahesh. So, Patreons is your customer base. 
And most businesses follow the 80-20 rule where 80% of their revenue comes from 20% of their customers, 20% of their clients. The problem with this is customer concentration, not customer diversification. And this is a big, 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 big problem. And most business owners don't realize this, especially when they go to sell their business. But it is a big issue because I'll just give you a couple examples. We, we had a media company that came to us to sell their business between a 10 to $15 million range. They only have five clients, only five. But the reason they only have five clients uh-huh. is because they had – they ha- they focused on casinos, so they dealt with the largest five casinos in the country. But during the sales process, they lost two of their five clients. Their revenues dropped in half, their EBITDA dropped in half, and they were no longer sellable. So I ended up having to merge them with another media company that was that had a diversified client base. So customer concentration could be the death of your business. I'll give you another example. Uh-huh. We had a business that we were selling. Um, it's a it's an oil manufacturing company. They operated on five of the six P's. <laughs> Patrons, mm-hmm. they had customer concentration. 65 to 70% of their revenue was tied up in the BP contract. We appraised the business for $9.8 million. And we told them it was going to be difficult to sell because customer concentration, but we would do our best. We had 550 buyers look at this business. We narrowed it down to 12 prospective buyers and received 12 LOIs. But each LOI had a contingency language to mitigate the buyer's risk, such as clawbacks and earnouts, etc. And my sellers, two partners, they both came to me and said, "We're not doing that. <laughs> we're, we're, you know, we're not going to we're not going to agree to any of these contingencies." And so I said, okay, let me go back there and find that perfect, perfect needle in the haystack buyer, which I did. I found a strategic that has similar products and services as my client did. And they, and this buyer and their company had been trying to get into BP, been trying to get BP's business for decades. So when they looked at this business, they didn't look at it as customer concentration. They looked at this synergy I mean, oh, 65% of their revenue is BP. They've mm-hmm. got a great relationship with BP. If we buy this company, we can get our other products and services in front of BP now, which will catapult our business to the next level. You follow me? Got it. So the synergy they bought was that contract. But that's very difficult to do. We got, we well, we're good, and we got lucky. <laughs> yeah. And so... A lot of times when you have customer concentration, it's very difficult to sell the business, maximize value, and not have those types of contingencies to mitigate risk. So you really want to focus your your, your company on customer diversification, not customer concentration. We have another business we're selling in the 60 to $70 million worth, and they have 70% of the revenue tied up in one client. And we have lost buyer after buyer after buyer, because of that scenario. Now, I'm confident we'll still sell the business, but I encourage, you know, business owners to really, really try to diversify your clientele base because when you go to sell your business, it, it could be detrimental. And not only that, but if you have 60, 70, 80% of your revenue tied up in one or two or three clients and you lose those clients, you literally could be out of business. So you want to make sure you focus on customer diversification. And the other thing, too, 
Uh, these business owners have been in business 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Their customers are aging out. So you have to pivot because the same way that you've marketed to to baby boomers, if that's your client base or Gen X, you're really going to have to pivot and innovate and change your marketing messages to appeal to the younger generation that are purchasing products and services. Make sense? Absolutely. And so then the last P is profits. And people are always like, Michelle, why do you put profits last? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. profits are always the most important thing to everyone. Right. But understand this. Understand this. Lack of profits is never the problem. Lack of profits is never the problem. Lack of profits is the symptom of not operating on one of the other five Ps. I have clients that come to me all the time and say, Michelle, I have a profit problem. I'm like, no, you have a people problem. <laughs> or uh, no, you have a process problem. Mm-hmm. If you're operating on all five cylinders, all five Ps, it is you're going to be profitable. You can't help yourself not to be profitable. <laughs> you're very right because of the way you're structured in your book, these six Ps, the five Ps, if you did right, you will have six P correct. Yes. It will feed into yes. it. All of the people, products, processes in place, propriety in place, you have built it and you have patrons, then the end result is profit. Unless you mess it up big time, which is very rare. You cannot. If five P's are pointing in the right direction. <laughs> That's right. So those are the six P's. Those are the infrastructures. I find that most companies will operate on two to three P's, maybe, maybe three to four I really haven't found any companies that operate on all six. They're usually missing either processes or they're missing patrons, you know, because they have customer concentration, not customer diversification. Very seldom have I ever found a company that operates on all six cylinders. So our goal is to get our business spinning on all six cylinders. (laughs) Now, I think uh, the way you explain all these six Ps, I, I really thank you. Uh, we have got another three minutes to wrap up our full okay. segment in the program. But, Michelle, I really thank you. Uh, very, very enlightening uh, discussion today. And I'm very sure uh, looking at the discussion we had today and the content of your book, I would strongly recommend to everybody to read your book because it really gives you a very clear idea if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a business person, what should you do to build value in your business? And it is better to keep building perpetually so that when you want to exit uh, and implement your exit strategy, you're getting the right value for all the efforts you have put in place because that increase the valuation of the uh, of the business uh, by hitting the right pieces, which you are calling a 6P in your book, that gives an absolute clarity in what must be done, what should be done. So I thank you so much, and I'll let you give your closing comments before uh, we uh, finish our uh, show for today. Sure. So I'm, I'm gonna, my closing comments is going to leave you with my favorite quote, which is my quote. <laughs> Uh-huh. I guess that's why it's my favorite. Nice. And I'll tell everyone how they can get in contact with us and get ex- get their copy of Exit Rich. Sound good? Excellent. Because that way you can always read and 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 you can go through it as many times as you want 
because you can read it and also that reference is always available to you. You can always go back to see it. You can always go back to refer right. to it. So that's that's very good and, and wonderful. So Michelle, once again, uh, thank you so much. Uh, congratulations for writing such a nice book called Exit Rich and, uh, and creating this concept of six Ps, which are the pillars to build a successful business and exit with the, with, with, with the valuation it deserves. The six Ps, the people, products, processes, proprietary, patron, and profit. Thank, thank you, Michelle. And it has been wonderful talking to you. Enjoyed the discussions. So can I tell everyone where they can get Exit Rich? Absolutely. You must. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mahesh. And I'll leave you with my favorite quote. I always say, it's, you really need to get a mentor in business and not just any mentor. Get a mentor who's been down a path that you want to travel because it will shorten your learning curve dramatically. Right. So my favorite quote is it's hard to read the bottle. It's hard to read the label from the inside of the bottle. Yeah. You need an outsider's perspective to read the warning signs and keep you out of the danger zone. Perfect. So, if you, if anyone wants to get in contact with us, uh, you can reach out to us at SilerTucker.com. It's my main website, SilerTucker.com. Connect with us on social media. That's Michelle Siler Tucker. Uh, is my is my um, Michelle Siler Tucker is on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, you name it, we're on it. And then Exit Rich. So if you live in the United States, I encourage you to go to Exit Rich Book, ExitRichBook.com because that's where all the additional bonuses are. If you live outside the United States because of shipping cost, I encourage you to go to Amazon in the country that you live in, email us a receipt, and then we'll still make sure that you have access to all of the bonuses. So first and foremost... Go to ExitRichBook.com for $24.79 plus shipping. We'll email the digital download to, to your email address. We will ship the hardcover to your doorstep. We'll give you a lifetime membership into the Exit Rich Book Club. There we will have video content and me doing deep dives in these different techniques and strategies that I've been teaching over the last 20 years. Plus documents, documents to operate your business, documents to sell your business, sample employee handbooks, org charts, policy and procedure manuals to sell your business, sample letter of intent, purchase agreements, due diligence checklists, closing documents. All of the documents that you need to operate and sell your business are there for your review and download. And I can promise you, Mahesh, that if you try to recreate all these documents, it will cost you over $50,000. Wow. I know because I did so with an attorney. So this is a huge value for the price of $24.79 plus shipping for Exit Rich. Plus, we'll give you a 30-day free membership into Club CEOs. This is an entrepreneurship mastermind where we really ask those transformational questions like Amazon did and help our clients build that sustainable, scalable, and sellable business. All at ExitRichBook.com. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you, Michelle, and you have a wonderful day. You've been listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. We hope you'll tune in for another edition of the program next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a good week.